It's a new day. Yes, it is. The Back Row Morning Show. The Back Row Baptist Podcast. The morning Side Hug. The Back Row with Matt and Mo. He's Matt. I'm Mo. <laughs> We're just like, hey, we got microphones. You're tuned in to the Back Row Rewind. The best of Matt and Mo. Welcome to the Back Row Rewind, where we take you back to a classic episode of the Back Row Morning Show. And today, we're going to teach you how to do good recklessly. But before we get into that, first up on the topic list is, is birth month a thing? Let's go. Plus, the latest news, random facts, and our weekly recap. But first, it is July 29th. We got a few holidays to celebrate. What do we got, Mo? Well, first of all, for all those listening, we're going to reverse it back a couple weeks. And we're going to say that it was my birthday on the 14th. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's July, and July is my birth month. And y'all should just be happy that I haven't been celebrating the entire month. Birth month's not a thing. Birth month is totally a thing. That is, they say. You have a birthday. No, they say, when you fill out a form, they say, birth month, birthday, birth year. Well, I'll never get to celebrate my birth year again. So I celebrate my birth month and then my birthday. (laughs) Flimsiest. Forms specify that I tell them what month I was born. That exactly. means a birth month exists. That's exactly right. <laughs> and You're I the must one celebrate that said all month long. You said there's no such thing as a birth month. <laughs> there's no totally a thing as a birth, a birth month. month. <laughs> oh gracious. <laughs> anyway, I do love my birthday. So anyway. you, you, I think of all the people I know who are grown adults. <laughs> <laughs> you are the most. Uh, Infatuated with the idea of a birthday at this age. It is one more year (laughs) that I have survived. One more year that I get to celebrate doing God's work. Mm -hmm. One more year that I get to be with my kids and my husband. Yeah. I get to look back on the year and be like, hey, that didn't kill me. I made it through. (laughs) I got another year coming. Yeah, I love my birthday. I really do. (laughs) All right. That and that whole face app thing that we did that we found out, you know, mm-hmm. Russians are taking all of our information for. <laughs> that face app told me that I'm going to add 
edge, edge. age very gracefully. <laughs> so I'm cool with getting older. Well, it just depended on the picture you used. <laughs> well, either picture, yeah, there were a couple that looked a little worse than the other ones. But even the worst ones were not as bad as some of the people that I saw. Hillary. <coughs> Was Hillary bad? Yeah, she didn't let me post it. <laughs> I have it. I'll show it to you uh, later. Poor Hillary. <laughs> Do you know most of the really mm. bad ones were women? Mm-hmm. Yeah, men, the men... For the most part, all looked really good. Yeah. 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 Did you know that you could re-upload the picture that was already aged and age it again? Really? And again and again until oh, you're gosh. a zombie creature? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's pretty terrifying. Okay, then. All right. Back to the holidays. Today is International Tiger Day. Yeah. All right. So are we talking Tony the Tiger the actual Tiger or Tiger Woods? Well, it's not. I uh, know. It's got to be. I think those other two are a stretch. It's got to be Tony the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Uh, it's National Chicken Wing Day. I do not like chicken wings. Thank you. I would high five you if this table wasn't so thick. I'm not a fan of wings. Yeah. I, I'm, I love the bone out breaded wings, which Me are essentially too. just. Chicken nuggets. Short chicken chicken strips or big chicken nuggets. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I'm not a... Number one, they're so tiny, you're guaranteed to be chewing on bone and fat through the thing. But just it's too much effort, number one. Yeah. But number two, I'm much more of a white meat fan than a dark meat fan. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care for getting messy while I eat something. True. It's the same reason that I don't like bone-in ribs. I'll eat mm, yeah, bone out like ribs yeah. all day long, but I don't like a bone in rib. I feel like I got barbecue sauce from my mouth to my ears and all in my hair. And, and see, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know if it's a, it might be a mental thing with me with both ribs and chicken wings is this. I don't like the idea of gnawing on a bone. Yeah. Like ripping meat off of an actual bone. There are a lot of people that are like that. Yeah. I've never... Like, it's not sympathy for the animal I'm feeling. It's just... It's a bone. This is a little too close to me... Cannibalism? Yeah, eating like... <laughs> eating like a Neanderthal An or yeah. Yeah, something like that. True. I, I can get that. All right. Lastly, it's National Lasagna Day. There we go. I love me some lasagna. Man, I haven't had lasagna in a long time. Oh, I make the best lasagna. We went to... Rayo, Rao, mm-hmm. R-A-O, yeah. that restaurant in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. And they don't normally serve lasagna, but the time we went, they had a like special lasagna uh, thing on the menu. Uh-huh. And so I ordered that sucker. I didn't know that there could be that drastic of a difference between how good a lasagna could be. Yeah. But that was the best lasagna I've ever had, and I don't think I'll ever have another one that good again. Really? Yeah. They just, ooh, just thinking about it now. I make a really good Makes lasagna. Makes me salivate. But I got to be honest, my lasagna is actually a family recipe, but not from my family. You stole? I stole. Or well, your I was, family stole. I was given <laughs> a family recipe. <laughs> your family stole it. No. Oh, someone from another family. Kara okay, gave me her family's oh lasagna gosh. recipe. And Kara's lasagna is 
the best lasagna, and it's her mom's lasagna, the best lasagna ever. And I have not stopped making my lasagna like that since. I'm pretty sure her mom has heard our show. She's listening now. Hey. You better rein in your daughter. Her mom giving out family secrets <laughs> like it's nothing. Her mom loves me. Mm-hmm. Chris is like their adopted mm-hmm. son, so if anything, <laughs> we're family. <laughs> well, if you like what we do here on the Back Row Morning Show and Back Row Radio, please consider partnering with us over at patreon.com slash backrowradio. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash backrowradio. We are uh, still well on our way to hitting a, uh, a wall where... We are going to need to pay more for licensing. So if you can help us out, even with just like, you know, cost of a uh, frou-frou coffee a month, you know, five, six bucks a month, we'd be extremely grateful. Again, that's patreon.com slash radio. <sighs> so now it is time for some Christianese translations. We haven't done these in over a month because we didn't have Monday shows the last Monday, few weeks. Monday, so we're Monday. excited. So I'm going to read a, uh, a a phrase, a Christianese phrase, something that you hear uh, uh, often in church culture. And Mo is going to give us the translation of what it really means. Okay. First up, let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Meaning... Everybody get quiet and sit down. I'm in control now. (laughs) Next up, we have a congregational meeting following services. Meaning, visitors get out quickly. It's going to get awkward. (laughs) And lastly, bless her heart. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning, did she fall on her head as a child? (laughs) That's what you meant? Yeah. That's what you meant. <laughs> As uh, <laughs> I was, I was getting her a gift for her birthday, and I found a very sincere, uh, what is it like a metal, one of those metal things that has a painting on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're exactly called. Metal, metal painting. Metalwork painting, whatever. Sure. Anyway, of like a little flower vase, whatever, like a mason it's a jar. Super cute mason a, jar, yeah. yeah. But it says, uh, "Bless your heart" mm-hmm. on it. <laughs> And you know whoever wrote it was very sincere in it, not knowing that that is Christianese for, you're kind of dumb. See, but here's the thing. It's the whole painting in and of itself is super Southern, you know, with the mason jar and the flowers. And it's just, it screams South. Yeah. And then, of course, bless your heart. Well, that's a Southern Mm -hmm. Christianese saying. Like, I think if you go up to... Oregon, you're not going to hear our Christian brothers and sisters saying, bless your heart. I don't hear anybody saying it uh, genuine, genuinely. <laughs> ever. No, we all think it. A lot. <laughs> anyway, so I opened up my gift and I was like, oh, this is cute. Hey, oh. wait a minute. Also, I know what this means. I also gave her a card that said, uh, don't sweat turning 50. Because nobody likes a sweaty senior citizen. (laughs) And I did this knowing that she keeps every single card she's ever given Mm -hmm. stored away in a box to look back through. So she'll always have that. I'll look back on it and it's got the year 2019 (laughs) written in it. And I'll be like, this does not add up. What is happening? When you really are 50 and you don't understand. When I'm 80. (laughs) I hope I'm still in good spirits when I'm 80. 
Alrighty. Ha ha ha. <laughs> okay. We have some news, Matt. <laughs> this is good news. This is fun news, guys. Are you ready for this? Oscar Meyer is listing the Wienermobile on Airbnb. What? Meaning hot dog fans can actually rent the iconic hot dog shaped vehicle for a night and sleep in it. One of the six 27-foot-long hot dog mobiles that travel the country will be parked in Chicago, Oscar Mayer's hometown, for the occasion. Available booking dates for three individual overnight stays on August 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, so this coming weekend, which they're probably already booked at this point, so I mean, don't get your hopes up. Uh, but <laughs> rate is currently listed at $136 per night, which is not bad. That's not bad. I mean, you are living in a car, essentially, but it's yeah. an iconic car. True story. And I'm sure it's got an actual bed in there. And only three other people are going to be able to, or two other people are going to be able to say, I slept in mm-hmm. the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that neat? That is- I didn't know that there were six Wienermobiles driving around at any time. I always thought there was just the one. So it kind of takes Wait, away. Wait, so will all six be? No, just, okay, just, just one, one is going to sit there. But it says one of the six. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a... Kind of a letdown that there's six of them. Like, if you saw the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile, you're like, hey, I see the Wienermobile. Not, hey, I see one of the six possible Wienermobiles. Yeah. Just kind of lowers the specialness. But then when you think about, because it's in Chicago, and so it's so busy and congested there, if you still see one of the six, then that's still a pretty... I guess, yeah. That's a pretty cool thing. (sighs) Ugh, you're reminding me of... Chicago dogs. Chicago. We had to, we had to make them in, a, like, we had a Chicago dog at Wiener Schnitzel. I don't know if they still sell it now. I don't know. But they did like, a couple years ago. Yeah. But it was like we had, like, a special bun for it, I think, like a poppy seed bun. Yeah. And it had a hot dog, and it had a full pickle spear, it had tomatoes, like, I had tomato halved. So it like had two slices of half tomato. Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. It had uh, something else funky on it. It was a weird thing. I love Chicago dogs. Yeah? Love them. I'm not a fan of putting anything on my hot dog. Oh, you're crazy. Chili, uh, chili is a recent thing. Like just in the last year or so have chi- I enjoyed chili on a hot dog. A chili cheese dog is the worst Dog ever, like if I tried the I tried the chili cheese dog and I did not like it as much as just the chili dog. No, I don't like any chili on my hot dog. I feel like I'm back in kindergarten again and I'm getting served the questionable lunch meat from school, like (laughs) hot dogs with spaghetti sauce. (laughs) I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't trust. I wouldn't trust chili that I didn't know. Yeah. Like I know Wiener Schnitzel chili. I know how it's made. I know where it's come from. I know the ingredients because I made it before. But yeah, I'm not sure I would trust any other place. My voice is very gravelly today, and I'm just noticing it. Gravelly? Yeah. I've never heard. <clears throat> like, like you got rocks in your throat? Yeah. Very, very uh, crunchy. Very deep. Well, stop smacking your gum in the mic, first of all. Not everybody enjoys that sound. I forgot I had gum. I was uh, it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thanks friends and family. For being 14 minutes late on that note. <laughs> it hadn't been bad until just that point. <laughs> Sound like I'm in the studio with a cow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
All right, we're going to take our first break right there. When we come back, find out what happens after somebody stole from a lemonade stand. Quite the interesting story. And then later in the show, learning how to do good recklessly. Stick around. You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. Check your perspective. While riding passenger on a road trip with my husband, he commented on the dustiness of his windshield. Not five minutes later, he asked if it was really dark outside or if it was just his sunglasses. Truth be told, it was probably a combination of his tinted shades, the previously noted dust on his windshield, and the slight cloud coverage from the scattered storms we had been passing through. It reminded me of a story I had recently read of a lady who was judging her neighbor on the cleanliness of her laundry hanging on the line to dry. Assuming this lady's detergent choice was lacking or knowledge of laundering her clothes was less than praiseworthy until one day when she looked outside and noticed something new, a line full of clean clothes by her standards. As she approached her husband with the news, he revealed how he in fact had just cleaned their windows. How often do we find ourselves in a similar set of circumstances? It's not always the situation that is less than, but rather the perspective in which we're viewing it through that could use an adjustment. Much like the Israelites grumbled and complained and wished for their own deaths as they were being led out of slavery, they begged to go back to Egypt, back to what they knew instead of continuing down an unknown road. No matter how good the future looked, they were unable to see past their current situation, so much so that death seemed like the better option. If you find yourself today on a journey where the destination is unknown, don't travel your road in fear. Don't turn back. Don't resort to what makes you comfortable just because you're fearful of what's to come. And if you find yourself passing judgment on the road someone else is traveling, unable to see where their route is leading, remember that your step-by-step directions may look different because your starting location was not the same. I'd like to encourage you through this road trip of life, wherever you may be in your journey, to not focus on the distance or the circumstances out of your control, but rather set your eyes on the destination and forge forward, enjoying each moment as it comes. When the road seems dark or unmanageable, maybe it's time to lift your shades or dust off your windshield. Set your perspective on the road ahead, not on what has already passed. There's a reason the windshield is larger than the rearview mirror, after all. Listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Mo. Welcome back to the Back Row Rewind, where we're going to be learning about how to do good recklessly. But first up, we got some news stories, including one about a guy who stole from a lemonade stand, and that was just the beginning of the story. Let's go. Welcome back to the 
back row morning show. I didn't say the title of the show at the beginning of the you last really hour. You really didn't. Back I, I was row really good about it show. while you were gone. I was really good about it. Were back you? row morning show with Matt and Mo. I was. Well, that just tells me that you didn't have a whole lot of banter back and forth with, with my lesser <laughs> villains. <laughs> uh, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. That wasn't me. It's all right. I'm already on the outs anyway, so <laughs> I can just be less liked. It'll be okay. Oh, gracious. <laughs> Back row morning show with Matt and Mo, and uh, we've In got studio. to kick off this second hour. Go ahead. With five random facts. Five random facts. With Mo. Thank you. Gravel. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I was born ready. The moon is slowly drifting away from Earth at a rate of about 1.5 inches a year. That's a very slow drift. It is a very slow drift. So, okay. Over the course of a lifetime, though, say roughly 85 years. Oh, yeah. It's a good... That's a good bit. I mean... It's still not a lot. I mean, 80 inches. See, so I'm wondering... Oh, yeah, probably not, huh? Yeah, well, not How, 80 like, inches, but I guess it would be... Yeah. 120 inches. Yeah. So, what, do you think it'd be noticeable to us? Like... Oh, absolutely not. The the older people who are in their nursing home looking out at the, the moon, and they're like... <laughs> That moon looks 120 inches further away than it did when I was a child. <laughs> and everybody thinks they're crazy, but really, they're not crazy. Well, I mean, like, the, I would say that the corner to corner of your desk is roughly 100 inches. That I could totally tell that from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, um, <laughs> Volkswagen's best-selling product isn't a car. It's their currywurst pork sausages. <laughs> Interesting. What's with it with all those German countries having German. companies having like we have this main product and we also have food. It's like and IKEA's number one se- Yeah, IKEA's number one selling thing is their meatballs. It's not any furniture product or anything. <laughs> but they're not German. What are they? Swedish. Oh, you're right, because they're Swedish meatballs. That makes sense. <laughs> What's what is it with all those European countries? European countries. <laughs> there we go. How about that? German See, meat. No one wants a German meatball. And I can't think of any. So here's the thing. Here's my philosophy. I can't think of any Italian company at all. Oh, at all. <laughs> like period. I'm like where is she going with this? Is a lot. Any of Italian company <laughs> other than food. Yeah. And so all European countries are like, well, Italy's making a killing off their food. <laughs> so we have our furniture store, but we need to add food. We have our cars, but we need to add food. <laughs> I- Ikea marketing meeting. All right, hear me out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Couches. And meatballs. And meatballs. <laughs> no one, one else roof, is doing it. Under one roof. <laughs> No, Absolutely. we're going to corner the market Yep, on furniture meatballs. <laughs> Nobody else is going to take over. <laughs> when, when you have an idea like that where no one else, not that no one else 
has yet to do it, but no one else is ever going to right. do it. It's probably not the best idea. <laughs> but, Just yeah, saying. But that, that's a testament to the fact that it's so successful. It is. <laughs> but here's the thing. Are you going to go to Ikea to buy meatballs? No. Some people do. Okay. But for if you were... Okay. Think if we had a Ikea in our town. Yeah. Okay. And... You were making spaghetti and meatballs, and you botched the meatballs. Are you going to run to Ikea to go grab meatballs? No, you're going to run to the grocery store to go grab well, meatballs. Sure. You're not going to run to Ikea. That's the thing. People don't go to Ikea to get meatballs. Maybe a small handful, no, not the average say, everyday person. But, I mean, you eat there, and it's not like you're sure. buying the meatballs to take home. You eat there because it takes them three hours to get everything from the warehouse that you put on your list, and you have to sit around and wait for them to fill up your car. <laughs> because it's not like every other shopping store but where you pick what you want off right. the shelf. But there's a lot of people that go to Ikea as like an event. So they're not planning on buying anything. They're just going to sure. go walk through, look at all the stuff, touch everything, and then finish the day off with some Swedish meatballs. And head on out. I finished my day off at Ikea with ice cream. I think people they have are... ice cream there too? Yeah. I've never been in an Ikea. I think people are missing out on... <laughs> The ice cream at Ikea. See, and I've been to a European Ikea. So, closer to the real one. The official one. Just saying. My experience was better. Uh, About 16 million people living today are direct descendants of Genghis Khan. Mm Mm-hmm. That's because of terrible, terrible things that he did. Moving on. Makes you wonder. Uh, In the late 1980s, Pablo Escobar reportedly offered to pay off Colombia's debt of $10 billion to avoid persecution. Prosecution. Prosecution. Pablo Escobar tried to get get out of his uh, sentencing by paying it off. The entire debt of the country. (laughs) So, if, like, one of our warlords... (laughs) <laughs> One of our many American warlords. You know. Drug kingpins. Uh-huh. If they were willing to pay off our debt, I kind of feel like... Y'all about to see my character. I kind of feel like, <laughs> sure, pay off our debt. And then they pay off our debt, and then we still kill them. <laughs> That, my friend, is called irony. That like. is how Mo would run the government. <laughs> Debt is paid. Debt is paid. Uh, in the oh, oh no, and the U.S. government removed recommendations to floss from their website because there are very few studies that have been found it's actually useful. I'm glad to hear it because I don't floss. <laughs> I have like a bag of those little individual the floss flossers, things, yeah. yeah, which I use about once every two weeks. Pretty much every time we have corn. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris keeps the flossers next to his nightstand, and I'm praying that our kids are like somewhere in between our hygiene mm-hmm. because every single night before he goes to bed, Chris flosses his teeth. Yeah. I floss my teeth twice a year when I go to the dentist, and they do it for me. <laughs> I'm just I ain't got time for that. Sorry. Does your does your dentist uh, guilt trip you about things? 
I have you been flossing? No, thankfully my dentist yeah. is super sweet. Yeah. I love my dentist. Yeah, I was just wondering how how much it would take for a dentist to just give up on people. It's like, well. Maybe she has just given up last, on me. <laughs> the last 17 times you've been here, you told me you haven't been flossing. So I'm going to ask, have you been flossing? No. Eh, no big deal. Okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> they ask, have you been flossing? And I say yes. Because so they you, floss for me. So you lie. Uh, that's I not know. lying. No, they it. they don't say, no, you didn't do you floss, floss daily? <laughs> they don't say that. They floss they don't you. Ask, you didn't floss. When was the last time <laughs> that you got flossed? They don't ask that. They don't ask if I mean the dance, flossing. Exactly. Yeah, I floss every day. I floss <laughs> multiple times a day. <laughs> Just to drive my kids crazy. <laughs> I I hate that dance. <laughs> I, honestly, I have a really difficult time doing that dance. Oh, I can't do it at all, but it just doesn't... It looks dumb to me. It's cute when, like, kids are doing it, but adults just... No. Please. Well, that's because adults can't do it. Yeah. Even the I've ones... A couple no, can they can't. I've I'm, seen them. Don't tell me no. I've seen it. <laughs> it's still not correct. I feel like we, our bones are too formed <laughs> to properly do the floss. Whereas, we need you know, rubbery bones like our children. Exactly. Because yes. <laughs> you got to do the arm with the hip with the leg thing. And that, no, that like, I can't do two things at once, let alone three things at once. No. I just, I can't dance at all, so I just chalk it up to that. I'm like, why should this be any different? I can do the hype. <laughs> the what? The hype. What's that? That's the one where you're jumping, and then you do your arms down, and then up, and then down. Oh, that thing, yeah, up. with the, yeah. Yeah, and then the orange justice, that's almost like the butterfly, but they do their arms up like this, and then come down, and then up while their legs are doing the butterfly. Yeah. I can do that one, but I can't do the floss. <laughs> and it kills my kids. They're like, the hype and the orange justice are so much harder than the floss. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I just can't. But there's certain limitations that adults have that you don't understand, but you will. You will. <laughs> You'll understand Monday. <laughs> I can do the butterfly and the Tootsie Roll. <laughs> and they're like, the what? <laughs> the running man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well you've, you've had a lot of time off so I figure you should have a lot of stories to tell us here I mean I always have life. stories to tell <laughs> besides That's your birthday party my birthday party <laughs> whoop whoop turn 34 <laughs> I had somebody ask me like two days before my birthday as I was inviting them to come I was like, hey, we're having a get-together for my birthday. You guys want to come? And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll be here. Is it like a monumental birthday? How old are you turning? And I'm like, no, just 34. And like, you're having a birthday party? Yeah. That's the normal reaction <laughs> that we will have at our age. <laughs> like, once you, once you hit 30, it's like every five years, maybe, you can justify a birthday party as an adult where you're inviting other people. Y'all are just crazy. <laughs> That's, listen, I love an opportunity to hang out with my friends, and I love an opportunity to celebrate me. I love an opportunity to get gifts. Exactly. <laughs> I, liked, I liked how when we got there, 
you said, oh, we're, we're not going to do like a gift time or I sit down and open gifts. It's not like a kid's birthday party. Instead, your option was as soon as you walk in the door, I'm opening your gift. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's exactly what every kid wants to do. And when they become 34, <laughs> they can do that. <laughs> Jeez. No one puts restraints on me at my birthday party. Okay? Listen. I'm thankful that I got gifts from my friends because not a single person except my sister-in-law, shout out April, sent me a birthday gift. Not a single person in my family. Uh, Nobody. And my sister is here two weeks after my birthday. My mom and grandmother could have sent a gift with her in her bag. Nothing. <laughs> Maybe that's why I want to celebrate my birthday because, like, growing up, I got the shaft. Nobody ever wanted to, <laughs> to celebrate me. Okay, I can understand growing up, but like, I don't. I mean, I don't expect birthday presents from my what? family. Right? Now. At least a card. Well, Send yeah, okay. me a card okay. in the mail, yeah, card, letting yeah. me know that you're thinking of cards. me on July 14th because that's my day. <laughs> Blowing out our speaker over here. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, that was. Oh, that should be my rant. Dang it. <laughs> you used up your Wednesday rant early. I did. Anyway. All right, so for real, I was going to share. Yeah. Cannon, my son, who is the gymnast, and the reason that I miss so many recording days, <laughs> um, he. We went to Florida. We went to West Palm Beach last week um, so that he could compete compete at the national level yeah. against gymnasts across the nation, obviously. Um, that's what national level means <laughs> for anyone who... <laughs> national level, so he could compete against people from... The nation. Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, up until this point, he's competed against people in our local area. Yeah. He, we have a, like a handful of several small competitions where he's just practically one or two people in his level and his age division competing. And then he competed at the state and then at the regional level, but still that doesn't go any farther than Oklahoma. Hmm. So to compete at the national level was pretty intense to see thousands of kids out there. Competing. So there were thousands from the videos that I saw. That you posted, it just kind of it looked very similar to all the other ones. It didn't yeah. seem like there were that many kids there. Yeah, but there so, were a lot more than. Oh yeah. Okay. So what you have to remember is it's broken up into not only age, but into level. Oh. Okay. And so Cannon is a level six gymnast, um, both on double mini and trampoline, and he is in the eleven through twelve male division okay. so he competed so against really subdivided uh-huh okay. so he competed against other boys that are 11 and 12 at level six okay and the way obviously they had it through three days and the way that they had it broken up was the same way only these people were competing at this time hmm. but on saturday evening we got to see all of the gymnasts come out they did this what's called the grand march and so think opening ceremony ceremonies of the olympics when they walk out that's very similar to what it was. We got to see all the gymnasts with their gym. Why are you laughing? I'm sorry. <laughs> the fact that you just said they all come out in a grand march, and then I think of what their salute looks like. <laughs> the hand. All oh the way my gosh. Up. And I'm thinking, this looks pretty terrible in my mind right now. <laughs> You're ridiculous. 
The Grand March was, it had a theme and it was a day at the beach. Uh, so they were all like dressed in, like there was one gym that dressed as lifeguards. They were, they really thought out of the box. Mm. They had the white sunscreen on their nose. They all had lifeguard uniforms and they came out blowing whistles. That's, it was, that's pretty smart. It yeah. was super, because everybody else is like in bathing suits with floaties and beach balls, which that was cool because they're tossing hundreds of beach balls up in the stands and all around. Yeah. Um, our group just wore like Hawaiian shirts mm. and walked out there. But the lifeguards were definitely like, ah, you were thinking <laughs> with that one. Um, but anyway, so Cannon competed on double mini, which is if you think like the vault, the little thing that you run and jump up on yeah. to get onto the, the balance beam. Yeah. That it's essentially a double mini. But he runs, jumps, does a flip or whatever they're called, um, a flip or two, and then lands it. And he also competed on trampoline. The double mini is what he face planted on back, back in February yeah. in Fort Worth, Texas. The double mini, my son, is the national champion on yeah, this year. That. that was really cool. Took gold out of 15 other competitors in his age and his level. And holds the number one seat for double mini in the nation. That's really cool. So to go from face planning <laughs> to first place, it's like, okay. Yeah. It's all worth something. So That's cool. Yep. That's really neat. Yep. I'm he did a really cool job. <clears throat> really, really cool. Especially this being his first year. Yeah. Of doing any of this. Yep. Having any interest in it, even. Yep. Yeah. Really neat. So next year, our goal is to move him up because there's two, actually there's three, but there's two competitions that our gym has made it to in the last several years. And it's the elite, which is level eight, nine, and 10. And Cannon went to the stars and stars and stripes championship, which was one through seven. So we're trying to get into that elite championship next year. Yep. And it's a, an Olympic qualifying year next year. He's still too young to qualify, but you can still be able to say, I went to the Olympic qualifying year and placed (laughs) at this. Yeah. So that's neat. Yep. Real cool. Yep. Yep, that's why she was gone. That is why I was gone. At least the last week. Week before it was her birthday and she didn't want to do anything. Whatever. We went to Wonderland, okay? (laughs) That's just another thing. (laughs) 33-year-old woman. I'm going to go to an amusement park. Heck yeah, I'm going to go to an amusement park. Listen, you can't go to an amusement park and look around and not realize that there are a lot of adults that have had a couple of happy beverages to keep them on par with all the kids running around. What's your favorite ride at Wonderland Park? Oh, my goodness. So here's the thing. We made a big mistake, Matt. Mm. We made like the most detrimental mistake ever that you can make. So Wonderland is a smaller amusement park, yeah. which we love. That's going on for it's been a, uh, a thing for a while, long, right? Long time. Right, but not everybody knows. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I so think yeah. okay, think your fare on steroids. That's kind yeah. of yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, but they have one big roller coaster, the Texas Tornado, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
that we all love absolutely yeah, it's love a, it. it's a good it's a good roller coaster it really it's is a solid last year was the first year that i had ever rode it really yes because Ooh. i'm i'm not a roller coaster person okay but the older that my kids are getting they all three yeah love roller coasters and so i've had to get to the point where i'm like okay if this is something that my kids are gonna love and enjoy doing i have to get over the only reason i don't like them is because i'm afraid mm-hmm. get over your fear suck it up and lead by example so i rode the texas tornado screamed my head off the entire time we <laughs> pull back up i look at chris and i was like i'm going again and he was like seriously yeah that was fun <laughs> so i rode it three times back to back last year mm-hmm. and i was so looking yeah, forward to that. riding it this year and then we went into the day and we were like, we're going to save the Texas tornado for last. It's going to be the last thing that we're going to do. We can ride it a few times before we leave, but it's going to be the last thing. Rode all the other rides, rode the tilt to hurl, everything else. By the end of it, all five of us were like, if we get on the Texas tornado, we are going to puke everywhere. <laughs> So none of us rode it. We all were motion sick, all had headaches. It was so we learned next year. You're 34. Shut up. (laughs) My kids are not 34, and they too had headaches and felt motion sick. Um, Yeah, you got to do all the best ones first. Yeah, I think that's the that's the 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 general rule because that's exactly what happens. Yeah, you get you get too much. You get your body gets overwhelmed. Yep. So life hack. Yeah. Ride the I remember, best ones first. I remember like I, I got in I got into roller coasters when I was twelve, I think. Eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. But I still remember being terrified of them before I forced myself to go on that very roller coaster. The Texas really? Tornado. Yeah. Like I was I hated it. I hated the idea of it of roller coasters. I was terrified. I thought there's no there's barely anything keeping you in that seat when yeah. you go upside down. Yeah. I will die. And uh, then, yeah, I got talked into going on that Texas tornado. And I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. Like, uh, specifically, it was the going upside down part that I was afraid of. Yeah. And so then a couple years later, uh, we went to Paramount Kings Island up in Ohio, Mm -hmm. where um, they have just a ton of roller coasters. And there was one that goes upside down, like... 10 or more times in the roller coaster. The whole like thing just is just a loop to loop. and loops and yep. flips and up that. And that was the coolest experience I've ever had. Yeah. I rode that thing four times in a row, having to wait in line four times in a row. So it took me about three hours to do that. Yeah. But, oh, man, I can't get enough of those kind of roller coasters now. Now, that's funny. I grew up going to Paramount King's Dominion in Virginia. Mm. Okay. And they... Um, obviously, they're probably related. Yeah, yeah. Um, have similar rides, but that it's about when I was thirteen or fourteen that I realized it's not roller coasters that I don't like; it's the drops that I don't like. And if I could ride a yeah. roller coaster that was nothing but loop de loops and corkscrews, I'd do it all day long. Yeah. And it's because they have a roller coaster at King's Dominion that is nothing but loop de loops and corkscrews. It has no drops and it's the best roller coaster ever. (laughs) It's just all kinds of excitement and fun and no fear. I see. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely a drop at the Uh Texas Tornado. Yeah, a big one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Paramount Kings Island is the one that has the world's longest wooden roller coaster. 
Really? Like it takes you like three solid minutes to get through the whole thing. And then they also have, and it's called the Beast. And then they also have the world's only looping wooden roller coaster. Or at least it was at the time. I don't know if it is still okay, now. Okay, I'd be afraid of that one. Yeah, it's called Son of Beast. And yeah, it loops. I don't know how they pull it off. I never got to ride that one. They were still they were still building it the last time I was there. But King's Dominion's wooden roller coaster is the Scooby Doo. Yeah, I think they had one of those too. And it like. I can remember screaming the whole time. I'm gonna pee. 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 <laughs> I was going like, to like caves and stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I like seven, <laughs> and the lady behind us is like, "You can, you can pull the emergency stop, and they'll stop it if she's gonna pee." And my mom's like, "She's fine. It's just that she's dropping." Like, <laughs> if she pees, she pees. Guys. Right? We're... We'll go get on a roller or a water ride after this. No big deal. Wash are clean. <laughs> oh, that's just now nah, that makes me feel like oh, it's going to be disgusting if you got into the water of the Texas rattlesnake, which was the the big raft one. Yeah, I love those rides too. The big yeah. raft water ride when you're on the river thing wonderland could really up their game on that one like yeah. it's it's fun and we wrote it like three times but it's over so quick it is fast yeah like throw I've in a couple really, waterfalls really, really there ones. yes uh i think actually the same place i think paramount king's island has a really long one really yeah they also had a really long log ride like you go through, it's almost like this scenic route that you're just taking in this log ride long yeah. before you get to the drop. You're just yeah. going through all this cool stuff, all these places. Yep. It's neat. See, now I want to go to King's Island and see just how similar to King's Dominion it was. I'm sure it's, I'm sure they got a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, there was a 007 themed roller coaster that was all inside. Okay, ours was Days of Thunder. In the dark. I think it changes with yeah. whatever big movies yeah. are coming out that are... But yeah. yeah. You sit in the chairs and they... That one? No? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. Um, no, no, no. Days of, yeah, Days of Thunder. They had that too. Yeah. The, the rocking chairs. Yeah. Where you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Highway to the danger zone. Um, no, this was like an actual roller coaster. A normal twisty goo roller coaster in there. But all inside and all in the dark, and you just saw flashes of light, like strobe lights every now and then. So you don't know what's coming, and you don't know what to, f to be afraid of or when to tense up. So those are my second favorite roller coasters. Because <laughs> you can't see. Yeah. Space can't, Mountain. Can't see, no fear. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have that time to, oh gosh, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. No, I'm already in it. And I don't have that time to be like, okay, we still have so much more to go, so much more to go. So much, okay, we're done. No, I don't know. It's just an organic, natural, whoa, that's a drop. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> The final thing I'm going to bring up is you talked about fair, like your fair up steroids. Yeah. You have you seen the videos of like that slingshot ride that a lot of state fairs have? No. Where it's like it's like a bungee cord situation, but you're in like a two seater thing. Oh yeah. And it shoots, yeah, it shoots you up and in the, the sky. People and pass out. out. Yeah. Have you seen the one? There's the one. There's one falls that I off. saw. There's one that I saw where. This guy, the the guy that operates it, as they're counting it down, like discreetly tosses a giant bolt onto the floor in front of them, and then reaches down and picks it up and goes like this, just as they shoot off into the sky. 
looks at it quizzically like, oh no. And then they're poof, they're gone. And to see the reaction on their face. <laughs> that is awful. It's brilliant. It is a brilliant practical joke. That's awful. <laughs> see, and I thought you were going to say he tosses the bolt like at their feet and then they shoot off and this bolt's flying around. Oh gosh. No, <laughs> Damn, bangs them in there. And they did. <laughs> Boom, did. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a good practical joke, but dang. <laughs> yeah, that would ruin things. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. All right. In uh, in late June, 11-year-old uh, Alizé Kashef, I think, Kashif. Sure. Uh, set up a lemonade stand in her family's neighborhood in Naperville, Illinois, a suburb on the western outskirts of Chicago. She was selling refreshments to benefit Feeding America. But after she took in nine bucks, a group of teenagers grabbed the money basket and drove off with it. Dang. That's when the police stepped in. In addition to keeping a close watch over the stand, local officers uh, helped collect about $170 to support the charitable enterprise. Wow. Combined with lemonade sales and some donations on Facebook, the sisters ended up raising nearly $350 for the charity, all because of the publicity around the $9 theft. Damn. So, good job, people. It was very nice. Yeah. You gotta... When that happens to a kid, something like that happens to a kid when people are just so mean Mm -hmm. you gotta step in and rebuild their trust uh, trust in humanity humanity. yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) exactly so that's good i'm glad the i'm glad the police officers saw that as a worthwhile enough yeah opportunity to bless this girl i agree All right, we're going to take one more break, but when we come back, it's the main event. We're going to be talking about how and why to do good recklessly. Stick around. You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. This week in Nerd History, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Nerd History. This quote with an elusive meaning was first spoken by Jack Nicholson playing the Joker in the film Batman, released worldwide on June 23rd, 1989. It also starred Michael Keaton as the Dark Knight and his alter ego, Bruce Wayne. Tim Burton, the director of the movie, had this to say about the film. I was never a giant comic book fan, but I've always loved the image of Batman and the Joker. The reason I've never been a comic book fan, and I think it started when I was a child, is because I could never tell which box I was supposed to read. I don't know if it was dyslexia or whatever, but that's why I loved The Killing Joke, because for the first time I could tell which one to read. It's my favorite. It's the first comic book I've ever loved, and the success of those graphic novels made our ideas more acceptable. A dark graphic novel inspired a darker take on a live-action Batman who was previously portrayed in a goofy, light-hearted manner by Adam West. Many see 1989's Batman as the turning point for superhero movies, leaving the campiness behind and inspiring a grittier tone. And its effects are still happening, as it has been confirmed that Keaton's Batman will be returning in the Flash movie set for release in 2022. 
I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. Listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Mo. Welcome back to the last segment of Back Row Rewind, where we learn about how and why to do good recklessly. What do we mean by that? Well, you're about to find out. Let's go. Morning show. It is the third hour here on this Monday morning. Only uh, the third on Monday. And uh, today we are going to be talking about a, uh, well, essentially it's a Tumblr thread that has become uh, popular just in the last few weeks. And uh, it's, it's, it's one called uh, uh, Do Good Recklessly. And in this, it's talking about a girl who was telling a story about going to a grocery grocery store or whatever. She's in line, and the person in front of her, uh, who looks, you know, obviously looks like a, a disheveled young mother with a kid that's screaming and and uh, is just trying to buy diapers and milk and something, and her card's not working. And so this woman steps in and pays for it. And she said she was telling that story and someone behind her said, once the other woman walked off, you know, said thank you, whatever, and walked off, uh, the woman behind her said, you know, that was probably a scam, right? And uh, she said, what a sad scam for $18 at a grocery store. Right. she said, if, if you are scamming me for some apple juice and diapers, then, you know, just take the money. You know, it's not a, that big of a deal at that point. But uh, it that one story spread out several more of that nature of people saying that, you know, that they, they wanted help. And then someone told them that was probably a scam. Or someone said that you're being duped or even, you know, look like that. And mm-hmm. that brought up... Uh, stories from people who had actually been the person that needed the help and were in that situation. Hmm. And uh, there was uh, one guy telling a story about how he um, he had so little money. He had his, his kid. He had so little money. He was just trying to buy some food enough for him, like the kid. Like, he wasn't even buying food for himself. And he was trying to pay for it and he still didn't have enough money for it. And a woman stepped in, pulled him aside and said, go get some more stuff and I'll pay for it. And he said, so it was because of that woman that I got to eat, that my son got to eat, uh, that night and for a few more nights after. And it was a, you know, a big deal Mm -hmm. to him and how special that is. And so that became the cries. Are we supposed to, be at a point where we're distrusting of everybody or should we blindly trust that these people really are in bad situations and be willing to help even if there's a possibility that we're being scammed and do good recklessly as in 
mm-hmm. the real the real definition of the term recklessly. <laughs> I know it's been a debate in the Christian circles lately <laughs> of what the word reckless means. Lately, is it still a debate for Pete's sake? Still. Like, can we please just let it go already? Come on. For Pete's sake. I've had two conversations about it this week. <laughs> and see, this this alone proves to me, I don't care what anybody else thinks, but this alone proves to me that it is okay to classify God's love as reckless. Because... That's actually a good... Yeah, that's a good argument. Um, we do it without concern for what they could be doing. Mm-hmm. What they... And that's just how it is. Chris and I have this debate on a regular basis because Chris is very, well, how do I know that they're not scamming me? How do I know that they're not using this for an addiction purpose? How do I know that they're not, you know, how do I know where my money is going if I give them money? And my philosophy, my standpoint is, I don't care where my money is going. If I see somebody in need, I'm called to help my brother and sister. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm called to do. I'm called to show them love. I'm called to show them grace. I'm called to show them mercy. If I can do that by giving them a couple dollars that I have that I'm going to spend on something I really don't need, then I'm going to do it. And I'm going to trust God that he sees that that giving and he's going to bless it and use it as he sees fit not as i see fit mm-hmm. and see i think that in the christian circle anyway when we come to think of giving money to panhandlers or uh, people who are asking for money on the side of the road or something like that mm-hmm. i think that is the number one fear is that we're worried about it feeding bad habits Mm -hmm. addictions like they're just going to spend that on drugs you know and so that's why we always have the whole let's go uh buy buy the meals or right or uh the church that we went to in albuquerque had bags with like snacks and stuff Mm -hmm. in it i said give them that instead of money and you know i'm like if the only thing they are is hungry for a snack then yeah, that's fine. But if they're out there because they have no rent money or Mm -hmm. they have a kid or something like that, it's one of the other, they have medical bills they can't pay or something like that, a little bit of money could go a long way in that situation. Yeah. That uh, little individual bag of Cheez-Its ain't going to do. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, I am also very skeptical. I'm a very skeptical person. Uh, Deidre told me about this uh, the other day where there is a at least one panhandler who comes to our Walmart uh, multiple times a week, brings his truck, opens the hood, and makes it appear like his truck is broken down. But we know it's not because the truck's not always there. Mm-hmm. But it is there often mm-hmm. in the same manner. And so he's just hoping that there will be people who haven't seen him and give him money. Yeah. I don't know if that's a scam just because he doesn't need the money and he's trying to get money. Or if that's just his method of trying to get attention as opposed to holding a sign. And he really does need money for some other purpose other than the truck. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But that right there does make me more skeptical. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't help that throughout the years there have been situations where people have taken advantage like that. Like mm-hmm. there's there's several on the internet that you can find of people who are panhandling in one corner and then walking off to their very nice car and driving to their very nice home. There mm-hmm. are people that scam 
three, four hundred dollars a day off of people, and usually in bigger cities, yeah, uh, where they can kind of get lost, and uh, they live off this money. This is their job at that point, yeah, and they're making more money than most people do mm-hmm. at that point, and so I, with all of that, it does start to weigh down on us. Is what if this is one of those situations? Should I help, or should I just keep on driving? You know, in the back of our head. And I think that's a terrible place for us to have gotten to. It is. I, you know, we talk about giving joyfully mm-hmm. and we think of that as just with our offering at church, you know, yeah. like people use that to kind of convict those who don't really want to pay a tithe. Well, you're supposed to give joyfully, you know, well, we can use it in the same sense. I give joyfully mm-hmm. and God knows my heart. He searches the depths of my heart, just as he searches the depths of the person's heart that I'm giving whatever I I seem feasible to give mm-hmm. them. But the only thing that I can control is my portion of it. Yeah. I can't control what they do afterwards. If I were to give a bag of clothes, you know, and this happens frequently where my kids grow out of clothes, I bag them up and I just give them to a friend. I'm not going to sit back and expect to see their kid in the clothes that I gave on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. If they take those clothes and they don't fit or they don't like them or they feel like they're too worn and they take them to Goodwill, then that was their prerogative. Fine. It's the exact same way for me when I give something to someone, a panhandler that's on the side of the road. If I give them something and they use it for another purpose than what I intended, well then... I gave that to them. I no longer have control over it. Yeah. It was a gift given, and my part is over. And yeah, and see, with that idea, it is possible that, yeah, they'll take that and they'll feed a, an addiction with it. Um, however, and, you know, still be stuck in the same situation and still be panhandling for who knows how long. Yeah. Uh, because they keep spending the money that they're given on drugs or alcohol or something else. Mm-hmm. But maybe there will be one time mm-hmm. where they finally say, okay, this is enough. I have money. I'm going to do something better with it. Yeah. You know, maybe there will be a time when it turns around. It's possible there won't be. Yeah. But if uh, they're not given opportunities, if they're not given chances, there definitely won't be. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that, you know, that's supposed to be our responsibility of of uh, building every other person's life up financially or what have you. But at the same time, it's not our responsibility to judge whether or not they're worth taking a shot on. Mm-hmm. And the idea that we are just not going to give to anybody panhandling on the side of the road or anybody who looks like they need help in the grocery store or any of that just because it's a scam turns us into misers. It turns us into uh, people who only think negatively of other people. Um, I mean, the idea that we could be taken advantage of like that is unfortunate, but at the same time, we're told that's going to happen. Uh, Matthew five forty one and 42 says, And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. 
the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus was a poor man on the street begging for money, begging for scraps of food, begging for something. The rich man ignored him and walked away. And that story ended up with Lazarus looking down from heaven at the rich man burning in hell. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a clear story or a clear distinction they're making is we're supposed to give to those who are uh, less fortunate. And mm-hmm. it's not just talking about through uh, charities and funds and giving at the church. It's There's a distinct story in the Bible about a literal person panhandling mm-hmm. outside the doors. Yeah. And uh, for us to think that, oh, yeah, well, we can't do that. That's turning us into the rich man. It's mm-hmm. turning us on the wrong side of that story. Mm-hmm. So that's why I really like I really liked this when I first saw it uh, a couple weeks ago. A uh, friend, uh, uh, Elizabeth Schiller, uh, shared that on Facebook. And uh, about this thread is it's not uh, it's not a bunch of Christians talking. Yeah. You know, this thread is normal everyday people of all different walks of life. Right. Uh, and the idea at the end of it was let's make that the slogan for the rest of 2019 do good recklessly yeah and uh i'm all for that Mm -hmm. um i agree i you know we don't always have money to give especially we don't always have money on us uh to be honest with the cards and everything now but when we can give i think we should Mm -hmm. and uh not worry about what's going to happen next Mm -hmm. but instead Hope, give with some hope, give mm-hmm. with some uh, trust, and above all, just give out of love. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that will help us, too, in the long run. You know, yeah. it help, helps us shape our own character when we do good without <laughs> worrying about any negativity. When we do good without expecting. Yeah. Do good without expectation. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. I feel like when you consider what God gave for us who in many circumstances could be viewed as, you know, someone begging on the side of the street, we're caught in our sin and trapped and can't get out, but yet God still deemed us worthy enough to give up his son. And even those of us who accepted that gift have not been responsible with it. Uh, nearly as often as we'd like. <laughs> True story. I mean, he deemed us worthy. Why can't we deem those? Mm-hmm. His his children, his created, why can't we also deem them worthy to make a sacrifice on our part? Oh, a couple of bucks, guys. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's really not going to break your bank. <laughs> and above all, just show love. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, essentially, that's that's... That was my main reasoning I wanted to bring up this is that's been such a debate for a long time in Christian circles of if we're supposed to give or not to panhandlers and I feel like it's not a question, it's not a debate. Yeah. Yes. Just now use wisdom. Sure. Be have discernment. But I'm, that doesn't mean that every person that I drive past on the side of the road at Walmart I'm opening up my window and giving money to. Mm-hmm. I'm not. But at the same time, I feel a conviction when I drive past a person and I continue going. I will turn back around and go to them if I, honest to goodness, feel that, like, in my heart of, oh, 
Yeah. You know, because I know that's the Holy Spirit. I know mm-hmm. that's God telling me, turn your happy butt around and go give them the $2 you got in your wallet. Mm-hmm. We got your Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is Psalm 119.93. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. And our thought for the day is a long one from Paul Tripp. Corporate worship is designed to turn your wrestling heart into a place of peace by presenting to you again and again a stunningly glorious, all-powerful, always gracious, ever-present, all-wise, and ever-faithful Savior. And that's going to do it for our Back Row Rewind today. Thank you for joining us in this trip back in time. It's always fun to relive some of our older episodes, and uh, we hope you got something out of it still, even here in 2021. My goodness, this year is already half over. Can you believe it? It's ridiculous. Time moves so quickly. And, uh, you know, sometimes we need help passing that time, and we would love to help you by inviting you to listen to us exclusively on LTN Radio. LTN Radio is Christian radio for the nerds. We have got the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as tons of exclusive programming from Love Thy Nerd, including some stuff made just for the radio station. So we would love for you to make us your soundtrack, the soundtrack to your daily life. Check us out at ltnonair.com and tell your friends, tell your friends about it. Matt and Mo will be back with brand new episodes next Monday, and we hope you'll be there too. Have a fantastic rest of your week. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd.